Oh, welcome to another episode of RPG Hour. Today we're playing Fantasy by Anthropos Games. I am Emmett Hale Farnsworth Guzman. I use he, him pronouns. Oh yeah, and I'm playing Jeremy. Jeremy, Jeremy Jacobson. Uh, and I am, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dude with hidden mob ties and stuff. I am Mr. RPG Hour. I am playing 12-year-old Sybil. Uh, our pronouns are they, them. I am Jonathan Andrews. I'm playing Siegfried Bartholomew Carlisle, the prefect with a long baton. We are playing Fantasy today with Calvin of Anthropos Games. Calvin? Yes, I am Calvin of Anthropos Games, and I'll be uh, running this session. This is our second play session of this Fanaji actual play. And we are joined by Hunter. Hello, my name is Hunter. Uh, I am playing Ryan Jackson. Last episode, I said they, them pronouns. Then I subsequently used he, him pronouns the entire time. So we're doing he, him pronouns today. So this is um, school children from a boarding school in 1916 sucked into a uh, Alice in Wonderland, Wizard of Oz type of world. There's going to be a little bit of children in danger. There'll be some comic grotesque imagery. There's going to be maybe minimal amounts of of body horror here with maybe some shape-changing children. All right, and we're going to go ahead. We're going to recap last episode real quick. So Ryan was just minding his own business in the boiler room, uh, painting a mural about his inner feelings. And then everybody decided to come down into the boiler room for God knows what reason. And uh, then these tiny little, I don't know, goblin-looking things with a big old bag over their shoulder just open up a portal in the middle of the drain uh, in that boiler room, but luckily there was a positive in it for me because I decided that I was going to jump through and get some tree sap, which I didn't do. Uh, and then everybody else followed me in there, I guess, you know, you got to lead by example when you're an artist. And, uh, I turn around, I throw some paint on the ground to make modern art. And, uh, suddenly there's blood everywhere and all of the little dragon people are dead. And there's still a sack on the ground, kicking and screaming. So I think that's a perfect recap of everyone else doing the work. Um, <laughs> it was it was a cobalt slaughtering blood fest, I think, in only four turns. Yeah. It, was, it was a massacre. This is like it was so so incredibly like violent. And I mean, didn't we decapitate one? Or no, we ripped the thing's guts out. The, the chonky boy. Yes. There is someone c entirely covered in guts, viscera, blood, and a little bit of vomit. Yeah. A lot of bit of vomit. Yeah. I think Sybil sea cucumbered one of our, <laughs> one of our kobolds. Jesus Christ. I'm going to walk over to the bags, and I'm going to dump them out, and I'm going to use the bags to clean off as much of this stuff as I can. I think Sybil using a red velvet bag to clean themselves off is probably one of the most on-character things I've, I've ever heard of, so that makes sense. I'm, I'm going to look for a dry spot so I can just, like, wipe my hand off. I'm rescuing well, my sister. So the, when the bag kicks open, I like this. So you're going to dump out this kicking bag, um, which is one of the reasons why this party then sort of jumped into Wonderland to begin with, or this, this alternative world of... of uh, snowy goblinness um, but it's not your sister in this bag um when this person tumbles out of the bag here you see actually a sort of like haggard dressed in rags 14 year old girl um who's very scared and, and sort of scattered and she you know kicks the snow off and kicks um you know clears her eyes and, and screams at the sight of you recognizes you as sort of um maybe typical children um, she speaks with an accent from a different part of the united states um, and she says, boys, like, when, how did, who, who are you all? And how did you get here? And she's dirty. She's covered in maybe, um, you know, some mud, some tattered clothes. Uh, you can't even tell maybe how long she's been um, away from, uh, from her place. But she's scattered, uh, a little deranged. Um, you see then actually coming out from um, just beyond the trees then, what you didn't notice before, almost like a, in a dream when you turn to the side and, and see next to you something you did not see before. There's a small little cottage about five feet wide, five feet tall, and five feet across um, with a little chimney in it. And out pops a man a little bit too big to actually fit in that chimney with some fawn-like legs who says, boy, 
you've got yourself in a heap of trouble now. And I'm going to give you, you all folks turns. We're actually continuing from the last scene. So a lot of these characters actually have drama tokens already. Um, I haven't fully set up what's going to happen. We're sort of like in a little interim between the next scene. And you've got yourself a small fawn type character and a very discombobulated girl who is not Siegfried's sister, who is in the bag. And you recognize your sister's scream, Siegfried. So you're very 100% correct that it was your sister who got pulled into, into Wonderland. Um, if I give everyone a chance to respond, um, again, we're going to do just one round of checks and I'll drive us into that next scene as fast as we can. Uh, so Ryan, uh, upon hearing the man who's too large for the chimney with goat legs, uh, say, oh, you're in a heap of trouble now. He's going to look him dead in the face and go, you know, my dad always says that. And then he's going to turn around and start uh, using his paint scraper to hack into one of these trees and scrape out some of the tree sap all the while, like maintaining eye contact. You're such a brat. Oh, oh um, yeah. Do you want, is this a, is this a small, is this a small check then for that? Maybe getting your hands dirty and collecting some of that sap? Yes, that is exactly what I want to do. Cool. So we'll say three or higher on that roll. <laughs> oh my God. Two. Still no more sap for Ryan here. That's your second failed attempt. Uh, turns out these trees don't have sap, you dork. It's really cold out. Yeah, it's I not sap season. I'm an artist, not a biologist, okay? You mean botanist. I think you mean botanist. Oh, that's the joke. <laughs> oh, shoot, that was the joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to look around like this entire scene and just say, what the <laughs> fuck? Life is but a dream. Roll it up. That's a perfect check. Uh, yeah. What the, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, that's a, that's a three. That's good. So in this scene here, we've put up a couple of themes on the table. Um, ignore the obstacles. We've got getting your hands dirty again. We've got blood on the track since you're standing in um, a field full of cobalt guts. And we've got the other yes. theme, life is but a dream, right? As these children are sort of responding to this new world there, and I've thrown out another theme, um, life is but a dream. So I think that's a good way to play to that um, for Jeremy. And what did you end up rolling there? A three. Okay, so the default for a check is three or higher. You can take a drama token. Um, or you can play with conditions. You can add a, an element to the story with that, with a, by writing it on a red card. I uh, I want to. Can I have a a backpack? Is that something I can just write into the you story? You exactly can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a backpack. Okay. Now. I'm gonna write that down um, on your on your. It's it doesn't trigger. I brought your my backpack. I brought my backpack because I, you know, I. I was pretty paranoid, and so I brought some things with me. Perfect. So again, this so this can it's a condition. So it's universal and neutral. It affects everyone on the table. So it's not like your character just has it. It's actually something that everyone can use, even the enemies, um, to play with the situation. It's a sap drama from other characters in the story, right? So it's just for everyone. The whole story that you know the narrator has emphasized. You know, Jeremy has a really big backpack filled with real world stuff in it. Um, and Eddie Vedder is slowly writing a song about this. And if no one makes a Jeremy spoken class today joke by the end of this, <laughs> me and a man nearing 40 would be very upset at that. Um, but perfect. Great turn. Great turn, Emmett. So, what else do we have? Discombobulated girl. Is she beautiful? I would say she's co she's covered in, in soot. Um, almost like, like a. Like a like a Mary Poppins era soot sort of a deal, like a street urchin. Um, she has calluses all over her hands. You can see she's just, you know, she can respond to you if you want to talk to her. I just wanted to give you everyone a chance to sort of take it in the direction they want. My to. reaction to, to her depends on whether she's beautiful. Um, well, let me roll that up. I guess <laughs> I am inspired this is, by. Wow, this is like this is like 1982 comeliness. Here. This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> this is for the sake of narrative. I believe it. Um, no, you don't find her beautiful at the moment. Okay. In that case, um, 
Ziggy is 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 more concerned about his role as a big brother to his sister than he is by this chick's situation. And so okay. he approaches her and he says, "You're not Constance. Where did is my sister?" Constance, Constance. I have never heard of Constance. I do not know who you are, where you're from. Your strange dress uh, kind of throws me for a world, but you're from the real world, right? You're from my world. You're from our world, right? And she grabs you by the collar of your fancy boarding school you know jacket and she's sort of shaking you like you're from our world right and i'll give you if you if that's your check and you're playing to this inspired by beauty which i think you were i'll let you you can roll for that i, I was going for color for coloring in the lines because he was fulfilling oh, his duty as a large, as a big brother great so let's go three or higher and i roll a five excellent yes you're from the real world right how long has it been can you get me back and she's trailing on about being stuck. I've been here for years. It seems like years. I don't even know. My body hasn't changed at all. And she's freaking out, right? She's got like straw sort of stuck into her oh, hair. Oh, shit. This she's is Fred from Angel. <laughs> yeah. Are you mad, woman? Clothes. She's wearing clothes, you know, probably something that none of you as children in 1916 from the Northwest or the or New England, Emmett, Jeremy, uh, would recognize. It's the, maybe even the remnants of like an old ball gown or something. Oh right? wow! Yeah, that she's wearing. Oh well. And so do you want? Do you want a a, a drama token? Oh, I need drama tokens. I'm taking a drama token. <laughs> okay, so Siegfried is amped up with four drama. This is like <laughs> eyes crackling Dragon Ball Z level <laughs> drama. Um, so I'm not gonna give you any of the narrative from that. Siegfried is saying this purely by playing the playing the leader here, playing the the. What is it? The River Phoenix of the Stand By Me. <laughs> I think we still got a couple turns left. Or maybe um, just one for Sybil. Um, I was actually going to hope that I could maybe use the cleaning myself off um, uh, <clears throat> with the bag as mine. Okay. Um, playing to the blood on the tracks. Great, perfect. Three or higher. Oh, four. Oh, excellent. Do you want a drama token or do <laughs> hey. you want to get a condition or expand the narrative? A drama token. Cool. Okay, so we'll say that Sybil successfully doesn't have a doesn't have any stains. Um, from oh, look yeah, at you. the acid from the vomit actually ate away the blood, <laughs> and you are clean enough. That is one of the most hard sentences I've heard in a minute. <laughs> no, the most horrid is the fact that I had to touch red velvet. Not even satin, how uncivilized. The fawn then exactly. grabs the girl and starts pulling her into his, his cottage. Um Wait, he recognizes he seems to recognize her. He says, Girl uh, no Girl, how 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 long has it been? And she's sort of mumbling as as she pulls away. He looks at you, he says I realize that you're um, sort of out of sorts right now. Um, you're welcome in my cottage if you would like. Um, this portal it will be open only for a small amount of time. I don't know how we can get you back or not, but yes, 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 I'm glad you're here. If you need any paperwork, please find me. And he gives you some kind of like bureaucratic response, right? Like, yes, yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. Do what you like. The signpost is over there. Um, if you need stamps or maybe to exchange currencies, like you can find me in this cottage. And he's really tending to her, and they sort of they're moving over and, and getting into his cottage here. Um, I'm gonna let you know, if, or I'm gonna let you either go with them or sort of spread out. I don't want to railroad much, but we're gonna sort of push you through into the next thing. So you just tell me what you what if we have a call or what you all want to do. If I could, uh, I you can exchange currency. Oh yes, I can exchange pretty much any currency from any time period you would like. Right. How about the American dollar. Oh, the American dollar. Yes, we have several of those. Come right in. Come right in. This is the, the, it's one of my favorite currencies to play with. It's true. It's true. And he'll wave you in. He definitely uh, has a nice business sensibility. He'll be fine pulling you in. Uh, I want to pull out like a couple, like just like stacks of bills. Um, and I, I want to kind of play off of like my mob ties and and. Uh, you know, like I want to, I want to have something to barter with while I'm here in 
Sure. So you want to follow him in and do business. Wherever I am. Okay, yeah. yeah. He's like, welcome, welcome. He's like, whoa, fat stack. Way to go. Good boy, good boy. Help, mind your head. And he like pushes I, you down I give... into his little and it's like a TARDIS, right? It's bigger on the inside. Yeah, I, I hand him two two stacks, and then I, I think for a second and I toss a third one. Good boy, good boy. We'll 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 find much for you here. Friends, come in. It's very cold out. It's very cold out. Come in if you need to. Come in if you need to. And he's you can see yeah, yeah, he's worried about tending to her, but he's he's perfectly fine hanging out with you all and, and helping you out as, as visitors to this wonderful place. I'll follow him in. I'll follow in as well. Ryan will follow yeah. in. Yeah, well, good. So you got, so he's got a fireplace going. He's got like three pots of tea on three different stoves. It's a little bit like Yo! MTV Cribs in here or whatever. Like the house is sort of put together in an odd way. And he's, oh, grab that. You know, the, the, the tea kettle starts whistling near you. And you realize right next to your like reclining armchair, there's a, a its own little standalone stove or something. Um, lots of books sort of scattered everywhere. Half-eaten trays of chickens and things are kind of everywhere, but not in a messy, rotting way. More just like a, the family just left the Christmas dinner table sort of a way, right? Like everything's just still sort of left out from a few hours ago when everyone, um, you know, left the dinner table. Um, he 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 sets her down. They kind of whisper, and you can hear a little bit of her story. Um, her name is Bess, and she was, you know, terribly taken away at the time of her coming out party. And her best friend, Ellie, was also taken with her, Elizabeth, Elizabeth and I guess they're both called Elizabeth. One goes by Ellie, and one goes by Bess. And it was their mutual 15-year-old debutante's ball, and they were somehow just mm-hmm. falling away. And she's been missing here for a while now, but just working herself away in this factory. And she finally escaped, she and her friend. And then they were split up in the woods, and she was captured by kobolds and about to be taken back for, to the terrible factory. And our man, the fawn, is sort of tending to her. He knows. He's like, yes, well, it is what happens when most children come here. I mean, look at these um, strapping lads or these folks. Like, they will end up in the factory as well. Of course, of course, of course, it's fine. But let's just see what we can do to help you out before those kobolds show up. And he is, he is literally playing the neutral, neutral card of like... Well, here we are, and they're going to come back and take you to that factory, and you'll be spitting straw to gold just like the rest of the children I know. I know it's terrible. Please, have some cakes, have some tea, <laughs> and, um, you know, we'll just wait here till those guards come back and get you, of course, of course. And she oh, wants your boy. help, you know, as, mm-hmm. as much as you can, but please feel free to interact. Um, I can ramble as long as you want. So while no. he's distracted with the other three and the girl... Um, I would like to try and uh, do as much as I can to get as uh, glean as much information about this world as I can through documents that are lying around. Um, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, I'll give you. I will. I won't let any of you guys get more drama since we're since this is more of like a um, a, like a pre scene. But I'll let you set up conditions or ask questions to get conditions as answers. So I think that's a great, that's like a Killer Queen's Gamut right there. That's an easy, that's a three or higher. That's really great. Nine. Awesome. So I'll set up a condition then. Um, again, I'm not going to let you write it because this is sort of me giving you info that you can use mechanically in your, in your, you know, throughout the rest of the campaign. You can tell this man is a watcher of the portal. He has like several of those old like old, you know, early 20th century um, rotating chalkboards and lots of those check, 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 those little like five check mark things. And he's got some star charts drawn and he's been watching this portal for for generations as, you know, as far back in human time as you can imagine. Um, and he's got lots of notes and books and handwritten journals. Not that you're reading them, but you can definitely see, you know, his inkwell and you can see his pens and see that he's been writing. And he's sort of trying to figure out this portal. I kind of imagine him a little bit like that old man from Never Ending Story who, like, watches the portal <laughs> and is trying to, like, suss out the sphinxes. Like, like, oh, here they are! And he's just kind of, like, obsessed with this portal. And he plays a very neutral role, as you can tell by his language. He's like, yeah, you're going to go to the factory. Oh, yeah, hard, hard times, hard times. Here, have a cake. Like, he has no um... emotion, no, like, actual caring about you. He's really focused on himself, but he takes it seriously. He can tell you when they open, when they close, and you can see this is a meticulous record kept of this odd little frontier-style portal 
um, in this world. So we're gonna, I'm gonna make that as a red uh, card. I'm actually gonna write down on my paper too, just. Um, so what do, you, what do you do here? Why are you set up here? You know, why? why He's like pouring you two is, cups of tea while you're asking. He's like, yes, go on, go on, go on. Um, are you a part of this factory business? I would, I would have, I would have uh, no part of that, no part of that at all. Um, but I do know that that's where the children go who come through that portal with the kobolds. Um, I don't know if you recognize this, but just before you fell in, there was a whole troop of kobolds that came out of your world. They left about two hours ago. It took about that long for you to come through. You know, time functions a little differently here. It's true. It's true. Um, and this group of kobolds had just kidnapped this girl who was strangely trying to climb her way up. I know it's funny, isn't it? And he kind of pats her head like, you almost made it. And it, if you would have known I had a ladder here, I could have helped you, but I wasn't going to. And that's just really funny. So they captured you and are about to take you back, um, which is, it, it is sad. It is sad. Um, but yes, I wouldn't participate at all, but I can give you any information you like, any information you like until they come and get you and take you back to the factory. What are you afraid of? I don't know, growing old alone, not understanding my place in this world. No, 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 no. What are, are you afraid of these kobolds of this factory? Well, what are they going to do to me? I'm a fawn. I'm from this place. They have, they have, they can do absolutely nothing to me. Uh, so you're one of those. And you have nothing to fear for them either. They'll take you away. You'll work in the factory. They'll feed you three meals a day. It's, it's very fine. It's very fine. It's kind of your place in the world. You should be okay. It's either the factory or the carnival. And trust me, you don't want to get too much in the carnival because, you know, that's where things just get a little weird. It's, it, it's harder to make sense over there. I, uh... The girl Besses, her eyes sort of light up at the carnival. Like, wait, wait are there lights there? Is it, is it loud? Is it, does, is, are there canopies and tents? Yes, he says. Oh, yes, of course, of course there are. And she's like, that's where we were heading. That's where we got, we got kidnapped. My friend, I think she's over there. Ryan? Well, you don't want to go there. Sig Siegfried, mm. right? We've got Ryan. Yeah, I think Siegfried. Ryan still has a turn. Yeah, Ryan Ryan is going to pull Sybil aside and say, uh, Sybil, there seem to be some valuable things here, things that we might be able to take back with us. Uh, I know you have a bit of a business on the side. It's none of my business, but I can help you get some of this stuff back, but you're going to owe me a favor. Hmm. You can roll a what you see is what you get. Check off of that. Just not even for Sybil. Obviously, Mr. RPGR can roleplay how he wants, but I wouldn't mind you just rolling that just so I can take notes of things. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's a nine on that okay. check. Yeah, so feel free to roleplay what you want. I'm just going to keep track of that. And is that a, a drama token coming back, or is that no, just no, a... no? I'm just nope. I'm just keeping track of that as a it's potential narrative. condition. Awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not so sure with your history, your family's history, that you have much to really hope for in regards to holding things over me. But I will make a deal. Nevertheless. And what is your counter offer then? I have information of how we may get back out of here. Ooh. Don't you just stick a ladder through the hole and climb up? <laughs> Not exactly. It apparently doesn't stay open all the time. Hmm. From what I've seen and read. So... To basically make sure that we're not completely stuck here forever, um, we would have to work together. If not all of us, some of us. And so, if you want to be able to get out of here, if you want to be able to make sure that everything is going to go well for you, You can help me get some things back. I'm not really worried about things of value. More so, I think... 
knowledge is what we really, really need to care about right now. Because I don't think this place, money's really going to do us much good. Especially at our ages. And with what they're doing to others our age. So are you talking take books you, back? Or are you talking just bring back Exactly. Take books back. Information and, and books. leave all these golden candlesticks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like trying to like hurry along the, the exchange. Like I'm waiting for whatever money I get back. <laughs> oh, because you're exchanging currency. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, he gives you uh, what looks like a deck of cards, but um, and it's it's very much like a st- like let's say it's like a tarot deck but you don't recognize any of the things on it. You've probably seen tarot decks. You know, your, your father has probably employed fortune tellers at casinos and things like that. Uh, but everything on it's a little bit weird and you can't figure it out, but he assures you you're getting a great deal. <laughs> <laughs> and pretty much the, the, the girl best then, it, she gets a little impatient with him as well. She feels his coldness. And I'm going to say she sort of pushes him away in like her very dramatic style. Like, you don't understand. Like, I need to find Ellie. We need to get out of here. Our party is happening. <laughs> and she'll run to Siegfried, I guess, since he's the, maybe the most stoic of the group. And he grabs you, or she grabs you again by the lapel. You must help me find my friend. There's no way I'm going back to this factory. I have no long it will take. She pushes her forearm against her forehead. I have no idea how long it will take for these men to come and grab me and take us all back to that factory. But you cannot go there. You cannot imagine the horror of such a place. Now, see here, Mr. Goatman, sir. Mr. F- uh, Headmaster Franklin is not going to stand for this. She was clearly on school grounds when she was kidnapped, and he is very particular about wanting to see everything and, and decide what goes on. So we need to report back to him immediately at the school. I'm going to take her, and we're going to go. Well, you all can go. He's fine. He loves it. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, of course. Yes. Oh, you're very important with lots of things to do. Lots of things to do. Here. He puts the he puts uh, Jeremy's deck inside a little deck pack. Oh, of course. Of course. He wraps a scarf around Ryan. He looks a little cold. Yes. Oh, of course. Of course. And he cold, he like gets you out the door. He like takes he lets you take your last sip of tea and he's like holding the cup while you sip it and then he like, takes it. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> and he shut and I, he shuts I, the like, door with you guys outside. I, I can I put my foot in the door? Sure, sure, yeah. To say, to, to say one yeah. thing? If this money is no good, I'm coming. For How it. would money be no good, good sir, good sir? He pinches your nose and closes the door. <laughs> and Bess is going crazy. She's like, so you're helping me, right? Yes, yes. I mean, school, I would never set foot in a school. Only poor people go to school. But yes, that sounds lovely. You definitely saved me. That's fantastic. But now, let's go to this carnival and let's find my friend. Everything will be fine. We'll never go back to the factory. And you, um, Sybil, you can see the portal go whoop and like bloop closed um, above you. I'll point up to it and um, uh, get uh, Ryan's attention. I told you. Hmm. Well, I think this just gives us time for some, we'll call them shenanigans. Ryan's going to pull out his sketchbook and attempting to harness the magics of this place one more time, is going to draw a quick and simple optical illusion and uh, with the intention of turning it into like a hypnotic pattern um, so that he can kind of stun the the fawn, I think we called him. The fawns, the, the doors closed though. Close. You guys you guys are out in the in mm-hmm. the clearing again and he's he's very happily his like his like the little like Thumbs up from the window. Yeah, and, and the sign goes from, like, open to close, right? Now that the portal's <laughs> closed, he's, like, clocking out, quick! And, like, the little sign flips over to close, and he just is, he's, like, so pleased with himself for helping you guys out so, so much. Yeah, I, I was going to try to knock on the door and get him to open it up and look at the the thing so that we can sneak in. Well, player to GM. No, he's sneak gone. Sneak in to steal I mean, more books. He's, he's gone, gone? No, I mean, it's like, it's... I may have just lost, like, That's 30 <laughs> No, he's like so happy. He's like, oh, oh, it's so great, so great. And you got, hey, Ryan, you got a scarf out of this dude. I don't see why you're so, <laughs> so you're disgruntled. Um, but yeah, he closed the door and like you immediately the chimney like stops pumping out smoke. 
and like it switches from like Christmas dinner inside to probably like Lent or something. Right? <laughs> Even if you peer through the window, you see nothing but but dour gray trappings and things like that. Like he's it, the, the the mood has changed. Oh, and you guys are outside in that. Well, that's window. sad. Yeah. Well then, but but. Well, I got these cards. But Bessie is just so happy about getting you guys over to the carnival. <laughs> okay. I don't know that I'm a big fan of going this direction with this person. But I'm not about to spend time in this world alone. So it's at your discretion. Are, are you, you two scheming over she, there? She comes, she walks up to you. Are you, are you worried about the portal opening? Yeah. I'm more worried about who you are and where you're taking us. I'm taking you to find my friend for us to come all back to this portal together. I'll invite you over to my home. You seem like you're dressed well enough for it. And remember, you have a condition that you have the portal record, right? So I'm giving you that. You know, Sybil rolled, you did yeah. well. You have, right. So you have like, you know, you snagged like a little chart or something, right? Like I'm giving you that for sure. Um, she says, well, you'd be welcome at my party. It's all right. We've only been gone mere moments, though I have been working at this factory for years. But I am sure, I am sure that you'll be welcome there. My father might even let you eat with us in the front room. I mean, I can't guarantee that, but it could be the case. If you help me find my friend Ellie, we will definitely give you a welcome. And she well, is very obviously not from your boarding school. Yeah, I know. She's probably 20 years in the past. Well, I don't want to sit around here and do nothing all day, so I'll I'll go to the carnival. Why not? A lot of pretty colors there. I like that. Inspiration for more paintings or drawings. Yes, this could be a great idea. Oh, oh, this could be a great idea. If you idea. help me find my friend and bring us back to this spot at the appropriate time, which I'm sure you might know, like, let, if, if you help me with these things, I can actually let you know anything about this place. Of course, of course. And she like, switches into her, like, sort of manipulative debutante woman, like, sort of role, like, sort of, like, role-playing what her mother did. She's, like, the Wendy darling, right? Like, she, she switches over to, like, the, like, oh, this is how I'm supposed to talk to folks that I'm hosting. Like, yes, yes, everything will be fine. Come, come, we'll, we'll just save my friend. We signed a blood oath together to escape from that factory, which we did. But we split up in the forest. A, a blood oath? That's a little intense. It is... Well, you see... A bit intense. Well, we're both actually playing after the heart of the same man. And, you know, part of our party is for us to maybe see which one of us will be able to go courting with him next spring. And so we have a little bit of a rivalry, but I have decided to put those things aside and, you know, to make things proper in a place like this, we ended up having to sign a blood oath. And she, like, holds up her hand with some scar on it, and she's like, it's just, you know, how you make sure your friend doesn't end up backstabbing you later. It's quite common. Um, never make promises you can't keep. Oh, good one, good one. That's so true. I think you should be the first to escort me over here. And she switches from Sybil, realizing that Sybil hasn't really given her the sort of debutante sort of experience she wants. Like, Siegfried wasn't in her. She moved over to Sybil. Sybil's not in her. So she's going to move over to Jeremy and give you the kind of attention that only, like, you know, your daddy's casino girls give your daddy sort of attention. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like, oh, well, you, I'm sure you could lead us over to that carnival. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you need me to help you out, I can. It's just like I don't know. I feel I feel like you, you can see he's like kind of red, and he kind of feels uncomfortable. All of a Brian sudden. pulls out a sketchbook and starts sketching this moment. You know, I saw. I, I think said, I saw a, not. a plastic bag blowing in the wind. You could film that if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you just don't get it, okay? The plastic bag blowing in the wind is representative of my future. <laughs> oh god. Well, I think I think you guys have bagged a, a couple of really cool conditions with the the backpack from home, that portal record which I think was really smart um for Sybil to grab and then um the deal I've actually written down that deal or that like mutual understanding between Ryan and Sybil, like I like that. Um she really just wants you to get to this carnival. 
and she says like you know we need to leave now um if we were like role play if we were if this was a campaign at home i probably would have thrown a couple soldiers at you um just to give you some time urgency but let's say you hear them coming you can hear the you can hear the soldiers marching they're singing this long tune um and maybe the fawn opens up the door again he's like oh here we go ready for the kidnapping and he's like all excited to watch you get kidnapped again and like maybe even some of the like woodland creatures come out to watch you all get kidnapped and beat um by these uh soldiers of the queen of hearts he's like yes yes wait here wait here oh they're coming it'll be so grand and she's like we really need to get out of here Perfect. Awesome. So I'm going to, I'm going to jump us up there. Um, she marches you through. We're going to take this little time to say that later on in this campaign, maybe not this episode, later on episodes, um, three or four, you'll get a chance to roll checks about what she tells you during this March to the carnival. Does that make sense to everybody? So imagine we have mm -hmm. like a little bit of a montage. It's going to take you, you're going to move through, from winter into spring into summer, just like the day changes, all the seasons will change as you get to this carnival by the next night. And I'm gonna let you, I mean, for some of you at home, hours or weeks from now, um, so you'll be able to roll checks about what you learn from her and what she tells you along the way. Especially for Sybil's character, I might give you an extra roll just because that's sort of what you set up ahead of time, right? To gain knowledge about this place. Um, but you're gonna get to this, you're gonna get to like the big top, you get to the tent. This is like just after nightfall, all the gas lights are alight on sort of like the posts leading up to it. Um, all the little flickering firelights are alight on the, the streamers that are hanging across these large orange glow big tops. You can maybe see seven or eight tents. You hear a bunch of accordion music playing. And this is like the, the dirty little donkey party from Pinocchio. This is like the kids hanging out in like the monster world of little monsters. This is like, you know, this is like the the cute little underground world from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part 1. Whatever it is, this is like the child's fantasy sort of party ground, right? And she leads you right up to the big tent. She's like, we'll find it. We'll find my friend. Like, you know, Ellie, Ellie has to be in here somewhere. Um, she's not strange. You know, she's not conniving, but she's playing the debutante. She's role-playing an older debutante woman, right? She's like, we'll find it. We'll find it. And as you walk in... You just see every sort of temptation you've ever come across in your life, right? Every adult pleasure is on display here, but like through the twisted understanding of a child, right? Oh, so like gosh. they're smoking cigars, but it tastes like cotton candy, right? It doesn't taste like tobacco. They're gambling, but they're like gambling and none of the rules make any sense. And it's like a stupid game, right? It's like all of these sorts <laughs> of things. Um, like sexuality is represented by weird clothes and noises, but they don't understand what it is, right? Um, and so you're in this place now, each one of you needs to tell me, you don't need to roll, but just tell me, cause this will determine the traits. Like I'll have to turn these into traits really fast. Um, look on the table now in front of us, we have haggling with satyrs and we have resisting corruption. Each one of you will tell me the one thing that tempts you the most, what adult world or adult fantasy tempts you the most in this place. And I will turn those into the traits of this resist corruption tile. Um, and then also you see sitting on this like dark throne in the middle of this big top is like a, like a Tim Curry from Tom Cruise's legend, dirty satyr, um, with like several chained up servants around him. There's a, like a bloodbath punch and Judy show happening on a stage in front of him, right? Most of the, most of this sort of canopy is geared towards watching this just, this bloody, bloody like murder show of these two dressed up individuals just hammering each other with hammers um, on this wooden stage. Um, and then this large satyr, um, drunk from a goblet, cheering on the show in the middle. So you give me your big adult temptation for your characters. I'm gonna write those down here. <clears throat> All right, I think I'll, I'll go first because I, uh, I had to run it through my head a couple of times, but I think he'd be most tempted by, and Jeremy would be most tempted by, like, I don't know, uh, attention from the opposite sex. Okay. I think because, like, uh, 
you know, he's been treated as, as, you know, unimportant, shipped away like he was useless. And to have that kind of attention on himself is very alluring. Okay, so he's going to then, so what, what's happening to him is like, like, it's like, oh my gosh, there's like boys and girls mixing together. And like some of the boys get more attention yeah. than the other ones. And that's his thing. Okay. Yeah. And like, uh, there's obviously like people who are like trying to draw him in and get him to come yeah. sit and play with them. Um, you know, and hang out, and uh, yeah, I mean, he's you know kind of a muted character, right? In general, so like this, this kind of attention is color, yeah, and a great, yeah. I'm okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna write this. I'm gonna say I'm gonna make this trait then, um, a touch of color, a touch of color. So I can play off a touch. I can play off a color. I can play off of something new, decor. I like that. Okay, we'll play for that. Um, what about Siegfried? Drink. After Mel died, father drank a lot, and he said it helps when things get bad. Well, things have gotten pretty bad right now, so drink. Okay, I'm okay. I'm gonna put um, any port in a storm, playing off of port. <laughs> uh. As a trait for that, okay. What do we have for Ryan? So it's a little bit more abstract for Ryan. The ideas of... Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> of course, like an artist. <laughs> uh, the ideas of freedom and independence. Uh, thinking specifically about how his dad's always the authoritarian. And being an adult means that nobody has any power over you. Right. So all these kids ideal. are just like doing their own like just kids craziness mm -hmm. and that's like the temptation just to like a world with no adults. Yeah, exactly. And the idea that, you know, money's unlimited, anything that I want to do, I can do, you know, no, nobody's going to keep me under their thumb. I'm going to write down no child left behind. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> As right, the trait. Right. I love it. <laughs> And this, when this tile, this is an obstacle tile. So I'm writing traits down for this obstacle about resisting corruption. I'm going to roll. So the way Fonji works is, like, it's not just enemies. We've only had a combat so far. We're going to set this up, I think, in this episode here. Um, but when I roll against you, instead of doing damage, I'm going to try to replace one of your traits with these traits that I'm writing down. Like, this is literally going to corrupt and Ooh. twist you. Um, what about Sybil? What is Sybil tempted by? So it's sort of abstract and not abstract at the same time. It's the integration of the idea of uh, a person with power smoking a cigar and drinking alcohol. Is it just the adultiness of it? No, not the adultingness, because there are adults, but the adults that you see that have, you know, that you just know have power. Um, okay, like an ease. Oh, like yeah, like authority is important to you. Not exactly authority. It's not authority, so to speak. Um, think more of Al Capone. You could see cigars in his hand constantly. Um, the Rockefellers were painted with cigars in their hands. Um, so it's not necessarily like authority, but it's just sheer power. Like it's yeah. sheer, just like you look at them and you look at that cigar and you don't see them as just an adult. You don't see them as just someone in charge. Like there's something a little extra about it, like status. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. That that's a but, that's an easier word to use. You're also saying that like as a 12 year old, you're sort of equating cigars with power, in like a in a slightly in a slightly I mean childlike inaccurate sort of way, right? Like in your mind, only classy people have them, powerful people have them, not quite aware of the fact that like. I mean, a poor person you know. could buy one too, right? I mean, is that what you're going for? This sort of like that's like your, your. Your Sybil just sort of like picks up on like, look at a, wow, like it's getting impressed by like all the markers, those sort of superficial markers of status. Yeah. Sort of. I wouldn't okay. even say that it, because um, even somebody that would, I like I said, status I think is a better way to say it, but not one hundred percent. Okay. Um, basically, if somebody could be poor and do these same things as well. But you would look at them and they'd be smoking a cigar and drinking alcohol and they just um, – and I'm saying this because this is how I saw things as a 12-year-old. Okay, yeah. Um, 10 to 12-year-old is, you know, when I saw these people that would come into my parents' store or uh, that were family friends, 
the ones that would sit around and have the drinks uh, after hours of my parents' business and um, that would be sitting around smoking cigars, drinking liquor, were not always rich people, but they were people right. that had influence in the community. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, like, like that's how I took it. I always looked at it because, like, during the daytime, they would drink coffee and they would, you know, smoke cigarettes or yeah. whatever. But they'd all come and play spades or hearts. And uh, I'd sit right there and learn how to play those right. same games. And right. um, so I'm, I'm trying to quantify. Like I said, I don't think status is the best word, but. Well, it's like, yeah. Respect. And it's like them sort of like holding Fair court enough. at the end of the day, sort of like. Like, this yeah. is, like, their social hour. Like, they did their day job by day, and now they're doing their, like, community, like, respected community member job at night. Like, they switch roles yeah, from, yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. banker to, like, the wise one who determines who dates whom or something. And as a 12-year-old, as a it's very hard to be respected. Like, no one takes you seriously. Exactly, assholes. <laughs> Because you are the youngest one here, and I like that. Yes. I, mean, I want your. I like that your character is too big for their britches. I mean, I like the fact that like maybe you're not as impressive as I you think like you are. That right? As a tag. Like... <laughs> too big for your britches. I like that. Um, I want to put for this one. I want to put holding court. Ooh, yes. No, like, that I think... that I think quantifies exactly what I'm trying to say. Like, cause it's, yeah, I'm going to use that. And so this is, these are things I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to attack you with these and replace your traits with these. Um, okay. So here we are. We've, we've pushed ourselves, uh, over the course of a great many minutes to get here, but we're in this place now. The only obstacles I've written down are resisting corruption and haggling with satyrs. You guys have a stack load of drama here. Um, normally I would probably take those away at certain times. I mean, the GM, you can close out scenes. That's how you heal actually in the game. Um, we're going to let you run with those. I'm going to jump in and we're going to see how this scene develops before we have to cut off for the episode. I think we've got a really good development here and a bit of momentum then to see what happens. So this group, you walk in with uh, Bessie and you see then chained up uh, next to this this large like nine foot satyr in the beginning or in the middle of the room, um, several different people. And... Ellie is chained up to the wall along with a bunch of other children. There's a little uh, shorter sort of fawn satyr person with a big paintbrush like Ryan style, just kind of painting faces, like white, white foundation, bright red cheeks. And they're actually going through painting all these kids to look like um, punches. And there's the Judy character on stage, like the Hills Have Eyes style with the hammer just mashing child after child. And you see that... Uh, Ellie is actually like third in line um, to put on like the little fake dress and get mashed by the hammer in the sort of macabre punch and Judy show in front of the Seder. So hopefully you can get that scene. It's all the orange glow of firelight. There's kids, you know, playing slot machines, eating candy. Um, they have all got tails. Half of them have, you know, yellow eyes or donkey ears or something sticking out of them. And these Seders are having a raucous time. The butterbeer flows like wine in these parts um and you notice she notices her friend she points it out to all of you um and she kind of runs to the fore um i'm going to put some attention on you guys again just to push the story a bit um and the satyr holds up his hands stops the punch and judy fight in front of him there's literally just, like blood like someone you know this last kid is like has nothing below the knee and nothing off the elbow has just getting mashed by this hammer um and the satyr sort of holds the things off and says whoa 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 here um, and you all sort of get front court or front seats now um, to sort of make your case with with this man to free this this friend of Bessie's. And I guess I'm gonna roll for you first. So as as the as the game holds or as the the crowd sort of holds or stops, um, I've got my themes: getting your hands dirty, blood on the tracks, and life is but a dream. I've got a bunch of these traits in front of me on this corruption tile here. So I'm going to try rolling against you and to see which of you are sort of so tempted by this room that you don't even pay attention um, to the fact that you've now been sort of called to the center. So for Ryan, um, you see some children painting 
against this sort of this big top sort of canvas wall and the shadows are kind of alive and moving and you see that they're as as they paint it's like a it's the the painting and also like the shadows flickering are coming together and like communicating and it's like they're like making their own sort of animated picture like live against the wall and it just enraptures you and also you know they're not as good as you are oh no of course so you just not. think of like you think of like all the things you could be doing to make it a better show um, and you just start drifting towards them. And I'm, I'm imagining your whole entire mind is in just utterly clouded with, you know, you now becoming the director of this film and like moving these shadows across the wall. And I'm going to play to Life is But a Dream, A Touch of Color, and Holding Court, I think. And I'm going to be rolling, um, I'm going to give two drama to that. So I'm going to be rolling five dice against you. Okay. By playing to all of those. Let me roll those here. And again, this is me tempting you to just sort of like forget about your issues and join the Bacchanalian party. I only got a seven high. Okay. So you get a defense. Again, this is more like an internal description or whatever you need to do. You get a defense playing to all of your traits and themes. Okay. So Ryan, his mind is is very much in the headspace where it's like, I, I need to get in there and I need to, uh, I need to do it myself because nobody can do it like I can. I need to make this a, a wild ride, a painting that um, makes the heart race and the blood pump um, and is so obviously masterwork that nobody will ever question, you know, the, the ability of the person who did it. Um, and that's just everything going through his head. It's like, nobody's ever going to tempt me more than my drive is already pushing me forward. Right? Okay. Uh, so I'm going to play into Paint the Town Red, you know, by yeah, going inspiring wild. everything uh, in that regard. Um, getting your hands dirty by getting in there and, you know, doing it myself because nobody can do it like I can. Um and then what you see is what you get by driving home that idea of, you know, nobody is going to be able to question this is masterful. And the person who did it is masterful. Uh, so that would be five because my two drama yep. tokens. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So I'll roll my five D 10. Uh, so I got a 10 high, but that's the only one that is larger than seven. Okay, well, you'll get one success with that. I think because you actually, I mean, your description sort of gave in to that temptation mm -hmm. in a certain way. Um, if we have, uh, you, this tile doesn't take any damage. So with your one success, all you can do is, is play with conditions. Okay. Hmm. So I'm going to... I'm going to put forth the condition that um, Ryan is hmm, distracted but not corrupted. Okay, I, I like that. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, okay, I like that. So, well, if we if we say to make a condition that's universal, then you're going to leave the group, but you're not suffering from corruption. Yes. Because you're actually over there painting, so you have left the group. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, so I like that. So that's. I'm in the carnival, but I'm not growing my donkey ears yet. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. I like that. Good condition, right? Because that affects everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, against Siegfried. Hmm. You see the yes, the alcohol is there. You can actually smell it, right? You mm -hmm. smell that heavy, uh, that both heavy and sweet sort of scent of it. Mm -hmm. Um. And, like, three children come up to you, like, wearing the same fashion of the same clothes that your parents would have worn, too. Um, and they're like, oh, like, mind you, try some of this. And they're, like, pouring in and sort of sticking in your face. <laughs> you know, kind of like a Mad Hatter. You know, you've been sort of, like, brought into the party. Um, and they look about the group of the rest of you and realize, you know, well, while Sybil is well-dressed, you know, they're only 12. Um <laughs> Jeremy is, you know, they're like going like this sort of, like, you know, maybe not as classy as they're into. Um, so they, they pick you out of the ragtag band, like, well, we need one more for the bridge game. We just need one more. And they pull you over. 
So I'm going to go for any port in the storm since they're picking you, you know, not, not necessarily the best, but you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go holding court also though, since they want you to sort of like play this game and perform for them. Um, and that's it. And I've got my two tokens. So I'm going to roll four against you and you're being tempted to um, play a round of cards and drink some port with these, with these <laughs> other children. And I got a 10 high. All right. Well. So how do you resist this temptation? Um. Okay, so. We've just been through a bloody tracks of the kidnapping. And we've gotten our hands dirty, but we are still civilized people. We follow the rules. And the rules say children are not supposed to play cards and gamble. <laughs> oh, there you are. And so I'm going to resist temptation. I'm thinking that's three dice plus my four drama tokens. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> but I'm rolling for a 10, so hey, here's... <laughs> yep, gotta. And no, nine, but not 10. <laughs> well, with one, I can't do anything to you, so all I'm going to do then, I'm going to play off of the... Um... So I have one success. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the only way the tile can actually corrupt you is if I get two in one roll. Hmm. So with the one success... Um, I'm actually going to uh, play off of the fact that Ryan left. So we have a condition sent that Ryan left the party. And I'm going to say then that you as being like the leader mm-hmm. are sort of distracted by that. And you're more concerned about making sure Ryan is doing what he's told um, than you are about, uh, you know, than you are tempted by the card game. And I'm going to take one drama token away from you. Sounds good. And... Um, one more check. So I've got two more turns here um, for for setting up this thing. We've got for Jeremy. I've got my attack on you. See, no child of behind holding court. Well, you get you get the full deal, right? You see minions waiting to be abused and like led around, right? You just see a bunch of dopey, dopey, dumb children that are just begging for a mastermind to control them, right? So it's that it's I'm gonna say um, I'm gonna I'm gonna play off of you that I'm gonna go the touch of color because it's like you know like you mentioned the generous but also the no child left behind and holding court you are just you're feeling you're like realizing like, I can just take a step right here and like take over this whole place so I'm rolling those plus my drama tokens um plus this life is but a dream I'm gonna say plus getting your hands dirty because this is finally you stepping into your father's business so I'm rolling seven uh-huh. dice against you right now. That's me, right? Yep. Just the temptation of all of these morons (laughs) waiting to be led and waiting to be turned into minions. And I have two tens and then an eight. So, ouch. Jesus Christ. All right. Let me see how I can do this. Hmm. Boy. Oh, this is going to be rough. Ah. Oh geez, this is this is a tough one. I'm gonna have to. The thing is, is I probably have the most emotional weakness out of everyone. We're talking about uh, your character, or you? <laughs> I am. I am incredibly emotionally intelligent in real life, and you will take those words back. There. That's why your character is so vulnerable. <laughs> the character is so vulnerable. Listen, it's escapist fantasy for a reason. Uh, let's see. I'm going to. You know what? I'm going to see if I can. I can. Um... How I'm going to resist is I'm going to see who I can cobble together to uh, just uh, take out this Seder. Um, I want to pull something out of my backpack. Indeed, Jeremy spoke in class today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you're, so you're not tempted. You're like, you're just jumping forward. Yeah. Like I, I, 
I want to just like quietly like kind of like see who I can cobble together who see who I can of these kids who I can get to think that I'm a big man with a gun so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna really talk to them too much yeah so we've got ready to die mob ties getting your hands dirty and your two tokens so that's five yes I believe it's uh yeah Boy, this is not going to go the same way. This is not. I am at a clear disadvantage. I mean, five. Uh, what is it? Five versus seven with two. Two tens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's a negative. What'd you get? What's your highest number? Uh, an eight. Okay, so with two successes, then, um, I get to. I'm gonna push the. I'm gonna change one of your traits. Which one? Um, I'm going to change that ready to die to um, holding court. Nice. And so we're going to imagine then your character kind of loses that scrappy edge that you've had. And you kind of get a little more of the, no, the real power is in literally telling people what to do. Nice. It's not about fighting on the street. Like, I'm done beating kids with baseball bats. <laughs> I'm now going to be that adult who just tells other people to beat people with baseball Shit, I'm bats. I'm becoming my <laughs> You are, yeah. Hence That's the temptation. Saga. And then, Sybil, we've got one thing against you real fast. I'm going to say then, yeah, you also get pulled in. You see uh, Jeremy sort of move away and start, you know, bossing kids around and, and acting a little bit of an adult. You feel that as well. And you can kind of see those reclining chairs. There's like a patio out the back of the big top. And you're kind of then sort of feel compelled to move over that way. And you can see, you know, not so much. It's not about bullying people. It's just about being smarter and being better than other people. And that's kind of your temptation, right? So you kind of just move around. You're like, you feel yourself pulled away from that macabre display. All these, oh, they're but children. They're such children. And you just look down on all these things. Um, and I'm going to say now you're, you're tempted then to sort of go to this, this back top or this like back patio. That's kind of like the, like the time freezes no man's land, right? Everyone who thinks they're too good for childish things. <laughs> so I'm going to play it for the life is but a dream, um, the holding court. And I'm going to say that touch of color. So I'm going to roll five against you. Hmm. So how do you resist that temptation to, again, just become one of your parents, right? <laughs> I do have um, a 10 high. I've got up oh, two tens. Oh, man, you're rolling well. Damn. I got the Anthropos Games logo on this die, uh, and I forgot what that meant for a uh -huh. second, but that's a 10. <laughs> well, the problem is I don't really see much of a game in it, so to speak. So it's not really much of a draw, but over to one side, I do see a game. I do see something that is very tempting to me. And I'm going to try to push myself over there. As it looks like they're attempting to play some kind of a poker game, I guess. But they're using a weird tarot deck that I've never seen. Nice. We can imagine a game of foot, Queen's Gamut, three tokens. Maybe Four getting tokens. your hands dirty. Oh. Maybe getting your hands dirty. Uh, I would assume so, yeah. but I don't know if everybody else is going to go for that. So that's sounds fine. Seven, seven, yeah. Where did you go? There we go. Two tens. After all, two tens. Uh, so I've got two tens, three nines, a three and a two. Well, that's what two and fuck? two. Um, I'm going to switch out one of yours. And you're going to get rid of this tile. Um, I'm going to replace your game of foot um, with... I'm going to say that any port in a storm. And I'm going to say you found like 
you know, you kind of found what you could do that wasn't like the tawdry, like low class thing to do in this place of silly children. But you win that enough to sort of break the spell. And I think your two successes will um, will get rid of this resist corruption tile. Okay. And it had another power. It could suck up any lost drama tokens, um, but none of you spent drama because your powers don't use that. So you lucked out for that. <laughs> um, but I think that's a good place. I think, yeah, all of you have been tempted. Um, a couple of you have given into that temptation and been changed forever because of that. Um, two of your character sheets have totally shifted, <laughs> uh, but still no damage yet. Yeah. And I think we'll see what goes when you all start confronting that satyr um, in the next. Thank you all for joining us for uh, for session one here of our actual play with Phonogy. Um You can find me, Calvin Johns, and Anthropos Games on Twitter and Facebook or our website, anthroposgames.com. Hello, my name is Hunter. I am part of the NBlog Collective, and we actually have our own podcast coming up. Episode one releases in May. Be on the lookout for that through Apple Podcasts and any other podcast network you may fancy. If you want to follow me personally, you can find me on Twitter at Skunkasaurus. That's S-K-U-N-K-O-S-O-U-R-O-U-S. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you want to find RPG Hour, we are available at RPGHour.com. Uh, we're also available at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, Ko-Fi, Podchaser, all RPG Hour. That's one word. Give us a thumbs up, retweet us, five stars to help us reach more people. And until the dice roll again. Thank you.